it's really weird. Um, God, in the midst of... Oh my gosh, I mean... The sun setting at like four in the afternoon. And... I mean, just all the genuine garbage that we see in the news. I mean, it's insane. And you know... I'm not even sure exactly what I'm trying to communicate in this. But... I've been listening to that song, Sticks and Stones, if you've listened to Mars Hill at all. Um, you would know that's the, the song by King's Kaleidoscope. And a line that I can't get out of my head is, and I don't even know if it applies, um, but man, it's, it's it hitting me. He's talking about his own experience being in Mars Hill, and if you know the story, you know it went down in flames, the church did. Just a toxic work environment, horrible leadership, bullying, spiritual trauma. I mean, horrible. Good stuff happened, too. But my goodness, what garbage happened. And if you think of Jesus overturning the tables, you know, in the temple for what they represented, in this song he's asking, he says, um, a worthless war, a curtain torn to take control of the ship, a nail of shame, a broken vein to write redemption as script, a truthless gun, a dying sun to turn the tables we flipped. Turn the tables we flipped. The ones that we flipped back up because they suit our purposes or we thought they were okay or that, well, we're not like the money changers. We're just doing the same sorts of things. You know, to turn them over again. That's what he's saying. And, you know, before I record these, most of them are extemporaneous, but I guess as I'm thinking about things, it's just the one thing that I know that I know that I know is that I mean it when I say Christ is really all that I have. I mean, if if the worst happened, if I lost everyone close to me, if, if I was accused of some crime I didn't commit, and everybody believed that I did it, and the only person who believed that I didn't and knew I didn't was me, what would you have? You know what I mean? If the worst happened, and for me, Jesus really is all that I have at the end of it all. You know what I mean? And I don't know exactly what I'm even feeling compelled to say other than in the midst of it all, that's sometimes all you can hold on to, that, that realization when you feel nothing that you know you're cognizant of when it was true when it felt true you know what I mean I don't just mean feeling but you know the times that you knew it was true even if you don't feel it now you know it's true and you hear the words of Christ come to me all you who are weary and heavy burdened and I'll give you rest I mean he wants it he's not that temptation to shy away from him when we feel like garbage is not what he wants. I mean, you think of the most loving person in the world, someone who loves you so selflessly. The thought that guilt would keep you away from him would drive them mad. I mean, the thoughts that that could keep you away from them, they wouldn't want that. They just want you to come to them. And 
And sometimes I think the only thing that can happen in the midst of these things is you just have to weather the storm sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't make sense for a long time, but you know that you've experienced the truth before. And you have to hope and believe that that's enough for now when nothing makes sense. And there's physiological reasons now, you know, the sun sets at friggin' four o'clock in the afternoon, and that just messes with our brain chemistry and our, our vitamin D supplies or whatever. And you find ways to realize, oh, that's why I'm feeling that way, among some other things, but it's easy to feel that it's freezing outside, the sun goes down early, there's nothing to do, I'm in my house all day, there's... And it makes you go, all of a sudden, I'm not confident about the future. All of a sudden, I hate my job more than ever. All of a sudden, everything seems hopeless and pointless. You know, I was talking to a friend, mentor today, who was saying, yeah, that's Kevin Favor. And he was talking about when he lived in Michigan and up, upper Michigan. And he was like, the people up there, like, it would get dark at, like, around 3.30 around this time of the, uh, of, uh, the season. And he would say, but, like, the people out there, they were like, they just went outside. You know, not all the time, but they were playing hockey, ice hockey. They were sledding. They were going hiking in safe ways. They were getting outside because they they were used to this kind of yearly drift. And in Ohio, I don't know if it's because, like, our weather's not as consistently cold, in, if you know what I mean. Not as much consistent snow or ice, I, you know, if that makes sense, as up there. But And that's how they deal with it. And it's like coming to that realization that even the little things like that can affect us but to know that even in the the darkness of the season, those little flames of truth are still there. I mean, God sees all the things that affect us, and somehow he's not, he's not driven off by them. I mean, I just finished a class called Missional Church in seminary. Um, a phenomenal course, but man, it was a lot of writing, but anyway, and reading. But the one thing that I, that I come to again and again in writing that course is that, like, the God we serve is a missionary God. He has a mission. He's the God that creates. He's the God that goes and shares love and creates humanity, not because he needs people to bow at his feet and tell him how awesome he is, but because he wants to share what he already has in himself, which is completion and peace and love and mutual giving, sharing and receiving of love. And it can be really hard to weather through times like this you know what I mean? Especially if you struggle with depression as just a part of your, you know, psychological makeup. Or because of circumstance, or both. Or whatever. I mean, he gets it. He's in the storm with us. As that, you know, it said in Silence, the movie, when Christ is talking to um, the father in the movie, and he says, the, past, the, the priest, um, and he says... He says, I understand your pain. I was born into this world to share man's pain. I carried this cross for your pain. Your life is with me now. Step on me. You know, it's incredible to think that for Christ, he gets it. And to my friends who are atheists, and I, and I have some lovely friends who are atheists, and of course you disagree, but you know, that's not something that's in that that they think is true. You know, of course, they, they might think that's nuts, even if they respect me as a person and I respect them. So it doesn't make sense to say these things necessarily, but when you know it's something that's in your heart, and I just, no matter what I go through, no matter how dark the feeling of depression gets, 
no matter how dark the winter gets, physiologically, emotionally, whatever, literally outside, I always know and always come back to that reality and always affirm the reality that, Lord, you're all I have. Remember the, when, I don't remember exactly what happens in the context, I can't remember, but when Jesus is, you know, people are leaving him because he says some things that are kind of crazy and they don't want to hear that from their Messiah and so they leave. And he looks at their, his disciples and he's like, well, are you going to leave me too? And I mean, it, I can't imagine that being anything other than a genuine human moment of sadness. Well, are you going to leave me too? Everybody else is. Why don't you follow them? Because apparently no one wants to listen to me. I'm trying to tell people the truth and no one wants to hear it, you know? And they say to him, Lord, where else will we go? I mean, what, how, what would we do? How could we? And I think there's more to that than we read, because a lot of times we just read that as like, oh yeah, these fickle idiots, look at them. You know, they're all going to run away when he's arrested or whatever. But I don't think we realize that for them, they really believed it. Even though they didn't realize the fullness of what they would come to believe about who Jesus really is, they still loved and believed in him then, even if it was incomplete, and even if they didn't really grasp the fullness of what they were signing up for and would come to see in glory. But for that, like, Lord, where are we going to go? Where else would we go? What else is there to do? Go back to fishing? Okay. So, the stuff you have taught us that we have believed, how can we go back? And trust me, I get as frustrated with the church as everybody else. I mean, I'm a part of it, for crying out loud. But I still believe in it. And I'm part of the problem. Maybe not in the same way that it is in the news, but I'm still a human being. I'm still going to mess up. I'm still going to say some things that maybe I shouldn't have said or should have said things that I didn't say. Or maybe it's as simple as, you know, we don't always get to the right viewpoint of things, of how to handle a situation, of how to respond to a situation in the moment. But man, we're trying. It's like that Sanctus Real song where it says, we are liars or thieves or destroying the peace, but we're trying. Goodness, we're trying. I mean, the questions that I'm thinking of that I'm close to and that I've known for so much of my life, despite their own flaws, I know that they're trying. They really are trying. <laughs> they really do look at their actions and say, Lord, I I don't think I should have said that. What do you think? I mean, was that, am I overthinking this? Or was I, did I make a fool of myself? Did I make a mockery of your love by saying that? Did I overstep? Did I say something true that wasn't said in the right spirit or with the right timing in mind and thus was not wise? I mean, these, they, 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 they have it. They, they know it. They, they believe it. And I guess that that's all to say, like, we, yeah, I guess frustrated with it too. But man, knowing what I know, seeing what I've seen, I still believe it's true. I've seen too much to not believe that it's true in all sorts of fields I mean history geography earth science cosmology whatever 
I just, I've seen too much in personal experience and the stories of others in my own life to just give it up. And don't think that in the moments of having those feelings of all that we've talked about before today, that that's not a temptation. I mean, it's not something you do, but it's to pretend that you don't feel that. Why am I doing this? I mean, really, what good am I doing in the world? What good am I doing myself? When it feels in this period of time like nothing's happening, nothing's getting better. But it'll pass. It always has, it always will. And when you're a sincere believer, when it's heartfelt, I mean, you really do believe. Despite it all, he's making all things new. He's making all things new. To my dying breath, that's that's what I'll believe. Come hell, come high water, come temptation of whatever, but he is faithful to carry us through. By God, he's faithful. And so sometimes, like, like I remember growing up, when I was really kind of starting to take my faith seriously because of the experiences I had in my own life with God at that point, I remember one person was like, where do you get your passion from? As if it was just something I was interested in. And the answer is, I, it's not passion. It's just, it's, it's what I've experienced. It's love I've experienced, and it drives what I do. And love, true, genuine, selfless love like that, that you receive from God and from others, it changes everything. Sometimes it can feel distant in the hard times, but it changes everything. And he is faithful enough to flip over the tables that we put back up because we worry, maybe I did that too rashly, or maybe I do need that, or maybe I can't live without that, or maybe whatever. Lord, you can flip them over again. <laughs> we set them back up and we do not need them. Flip them, turn the tables we flipped, paint the beauty we split, as the song says. You died for much more than this and rose for much more than this. Help us live for much more than that. Because of love, not because of restricting, awful, self-condemning, endless perfectionism that is, holiness is so often associated with, but because of love that changes a heart. As my friend was saying, heart holiness that makes you love others better, that changes your perspective, that makes you more like Jesus, that makes you want to be more like Jesus in all that you do honoring and making you the best version of yourself that God wants you to be and the personality that he gave you the best version of it he doesn't want to take that away he wants to fill it with more love I remember that movie Eat Pray Love when granted I know he was talking about a completely different God but the point he made makes a lot of sense he's basically said something to the effect of like to the main character he said if you would just let go of all of those things God would fill you with so much love you couldn't handle it but that's true of our God isn't it and it's it's not as if he just sits back and is like wow they're really they're really struggling to let that go no God comes to the pits that we fall in and, and helps us out he doesn't lecture us from the from the edges of that pit he gets in and he helps us out 
even if it looks like he's going to be the one stuck in the pit because God is able to make it through. He's, a, he's not in danger of falling over the cliff that we're dangling from. It's not too big for him. And somehow he makes it all right. And makes it work. And reminds us that the sun will still rise again tomorrow morning. The sunny times are still coming. And the promises of no more mourning, no more suffering and pain and sin and death, no more of that. God will be all in all. We will be his people. He will be our God. The dwelling of God will be with man. And as Handel's Messiah so beautifully puts it, and he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. And the reality of the resurrection that, that inspires us, that gives us hope is, as the song says, as Handel's Messiah says, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. That's the reality now. Even though we're not all the way to the fullness of that yet. That's something only God can do, but we have a job, and that is to be more like Jesus because of love, not because of endless guilt and condemnation, but because love that frees us of our bad habits, transforms our heart, takes away the destructive ways of hatred and bitterness and self-destruction and evil, and replaces it with joy and peace and love and mercy and goodness and patience and And it's something only God can do by his grace with each other. Mm. I believe it. To my dying day, I'll believe it, you know. And I know all of you out there will too. Just keep moving. Keep talking to people day at a time, step by step. Don't give up. Remember what you've known before. I know whom I believe, Paul says. I know whom I have to leave. You kidding? I'm confident he's able to hold that which I have entrusted to him until that day. I'm confident. I know whom I have believed. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> despite it all, despite what may come, despite my own flaws, I know whom I have believed. And he is not shrieking back from my flaws. He is embracing us and showing us all that he has for us, taking away all those bad habits, as, Saint, as Brother Lawrence says, taking away my principal bad habits without talking about them while he does it, changing the heart that leads to it, dealing with the roots, clearing up, dealing with misconceptions, renewing our minds, freeing us of traps and horrible thoughts and things that cause us to do that, the sin that does that, and making all things new. Praise God. Come, Lord Jesus. We love you. Mm. Thank you, Lord.